Hello, and welcome to another episode of Clear Talk. Today, I'm joined with Matt Barnett, CEO of PSA. Welcome, Matt. It's good to see you again. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate being here. Uh, to help us understand a little bit about the, your membership, you want to describe PSA a little bit for us? Sure, absolutely. PSA is the world's largest integration uh, consortium. We have roughly 220 members of part of PSA security network in uh, North America and another uh, 100 members of our AV or technology division called Edge. And so we support the integrators uh, in both sides of the market uh, with not only buying programs, but other services and um, uh, access to uh, the network providing, um, you know, the communication between the integrators, best practices, and we also uh, help them uh, share jobs and leads by, um, you know, bringing them in on projects when they have customers that are outside their home territory. So we really try to be the, the glue to uh, help the integration channel uh, be better at what they do. Thanks, and I really appreciate you joining us today because we're going to talk about a, uh, a topic that I think crosses so many different uh, integrators and perspectives. I think having the value of such a large organization will, will help our listeners really get a grasp of the size of this. And so our topic today is how does inflation impact the integrator? And I've got three or four questions I'd like to throw out at you and see what your thoughts are. So as an integrator, one of our most important elements in our business is our employee talent, but it's also our single biggest cost input. So when our integrators are facing the most competitive market for talent we've seen in years, what strategies are you seeing your members do to retain and or attract talent when the cost of living is rising so fast and it's placing an incredible pressure on wages? Yeah, it's been a, a big uh, dilemma for a lot of our owners uh, within the networks. And uh, I was just listening to one of our committees uh, last week and these leaders from about 12 different companies around the U.S. talking about this exact point. And uh, it was really, um, one of them made a comment of, they just had an employee that was uh, resigning and the, uh, the owner sat down and actually, you know, penciled out on paper, you know, what, what they thought they were getting for a dollar or two more at their new company and going through, you know, the benefits package uh, of where they currently are versus where they're planning to go and having that open and honest discussion. I think a lot of, uh, you know, employees get caught up on just what the salary is and not what their total compensation is. Uh, so we're actually working on a plan to help uh, with the documentation that uh, our integrators can use to help them show their employees all the benefits uh, and, and have that kind of as a, um, a summary document. It's not just about what their actual you know, salary is. There's all of the other things, including health care and other benefits they're probably getting, a 401k plan, uh, whether they have PTO or FTO, what have you. And and, and actually summarizing that. I think a lot of employees are just surprised when they, when they see it laid out in that manner um, that they, they may not be better off by changing companies. In addition, you know, there's a lot of reports coming out that people that have changed jobs over the last 18 to 24 months have found that uh, they're, they're being unhappy in that change. Uh, the grass is always greener, of course, in these situations. And you know, you maybe get drawn to the money. Uh, we're finding that statistically now it's, turning out that those those changes haven't haven't necessarily been good for the employee either. 
I think one of the ideas you and I kicked around uh, a couple of weeks ago, and certainly with a couple of the uh, your companies, uh, is the idea of bonusing out small amounts as opposed to large pay raises. Are you seeing that play out at all in, in your member companies? Yeah, that's another one that was mentioned, and uh, I still think we're actually doing that here at PSA. Um, you know, when you when you when you provide large increases year over year, as you know, you're you're, you're somewhat stuck in that. It's really hard to go back and and lower right. your uh, overhead costs by clawing back or reducing anybody's compensation. Uh, but I think the employees are happier when they get a one-time, you know, a bonus or adjustment. And so the company, you know, they feel like the company has gone out of their way. They understand like price of gas has gone up exponentially. And so I, I think that has a that has a bigger impact than perhaps a large increase, which you know they only feel across the you know the course of time. But from a company perspective, you know, puts the company in perhaps a predicament eighteen months from now if there is any type of slowdown in the economy. Now they've got this overhead cost that. They're going to have to figure out how you know how to take care of, and you know that's uh, that that's something that is not easily changed. I think that's a great uh, approach. So moving on, when when we face kind of these rising wage costs, and and of course our manufacturing costs are going up every day, and we're in the business of selling projects for the future, what are your members doing to protect their business profitability? in terms of thinking about entering contracts today or executing contracts they entered two or three months ago when, when price inputs or cost inputs are, raise, are rising so rapidly? Yeah, this I think is one of those areas that hadn't really been considered much prior to the pandemic, but now it's really mandatory that the integration channel uh, really look at their terms and conditions and their contracts and make sure that uh, that they're covered. Uh, I know that can't be that can't happen on all projects, but uh, certainly, you know, 18 months ago, if you signed an agreement on a you know fixed cost contract, um, you know, very difficult with all these prices. And we've seen upwards of 40, 50 percent product increases from some of the suppliers. Wow. Uh, and you know, if you were stuck at a price from 18 to 24 months ago, uh, that's that's a painful um, you know hit to your business. So making sure that you have in there, and I think you know, customers are not just seeing this in security or AV. They're seeing this across the board with every 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 product they buy for to support their organization. So I think they're much more amenable now than they were uh, prior to the pandemic. So having covered in there how you're going to handle price increases, and, and I think these are just conversations. It should be covered, you know, legality in your contracts, but conversations you also need to have with your customers and talk about it. And and have that um, have that discussion. You're not trying to build them. You're not gouging. You can show them your hard you know hard uh, invoices and, and and what the costs have been uh, over the last. We're literally getting price increases from vendors on a weekly basis now. That they and they used to have annual price increases. Now they have uh, monthly and some of them you know every couple of weeks. Uh, so protecting yourself as an integrator is I think more important now than ever. It's interesting that you suggest a, a tactic of transparency as a way of protecting yourself. And I certainly have met with owners in our, our industry that are finding that to be very viable uh, technique. Um, and then it's what's interesting for those of us a certain age who have been doing this for you know more years than probably you and I would ever want to admit on camera. We've seen our industry move from kind of warehousing and being more distribution to being more project-led and value-added-led. 
which has led our purchasing to move from bulk purchasing to just in time, right? And so about the time we get everybody in the industry convinced that you maximize profit by doing just in time, the pandemic hits and all of a sudden we're having to buy in bulk or buy the inventory in order to pr protect our projects so that by the time the material shows up, we actually can get the jobs done. And what tools or techniques should integrators consider as this business model has flipped on its head literally overnight for our integrators? Yeah, it's it's been interesting to see the adjustment here. Of course, this, the stats recently showing that inventories and um, have gone up slightly in, in North America, but uh, when it comes to product products that are needed to finish projects, that still seems to be a big issue. So we ha we have seen um, on the AV side uh, companies trying to bulk up more and buying, um, you know, monitors and things that are more generic that can be used regardless of. Um, of any other products. Security makes it a little bit more difficult because there is a lot of proprietary products that only work with certain systems or in certain environments. Uh, but we, we've seen uh, we've seen some of that. And of course, we also get calls from a lot of our integrators that uh, tell us they have excess inventory. So we're we're actually working on a uh, starting up a exchange, uh, really just a um, a bulletin board where they can post that they have excess product. Uh, if anybody wants to buy it from them at cost, so that uh, they can help each other out. So uh, we're hearing lead times up, of, you know, two three years on from some manufacturers now, uh, which are you know some of the bellwethers in these industries that just are not able to deliver or certainly can't deliver the quantity uh, that they're being asked to deliver. And so you know a lot of our integration partners are looking uh, ways of um, helping out others by selling their excess inventory. So we certainly have seen that trend. And um, and now the trend is they've got products sitting on the shelf that they might wanna help out somebody up with. I think that is a phenomenal um, assistance to your member groups as they can convert equipment into cash, especially as you have to buy in bulk. The other factor to consider in buying ahead, of course, is your relationship with your bank. How are you seeing integrators change their thoughts about their banking relationships? Yeah, certainly something that we highly advise, you know, even prior to the pandemic and what's going on with inflation, you know, we think every integrator should have a relationship with a bank. And these are the times when that relationship needs to be solid and on firm ground, right? So it might be a little late to try to start up a relationship. And a lot of integrators are kind of working on a cash and carry basis. But, you know, having uh, having the banking customers that you can have a financial vehicle in place so you can borrow money and um, you know, to help uh, get through some of these tough times is really important. So certainly we highly recommend that. And that's one of the benefits of working with PSA is that you know, we provide a lot of credit in terms, but certainly integrators are buying product from multiple sources and they should have that banking relationship to get over this home. That's excellent. And we'll go back to the other T word we used earlier, transparency with buyers. Often transparency with the, your banker will really help uh, carry you forward in the uh, in your business dealings. Great. Yeah, they don't like surprises. So the more transparent you are, uh, I think the, the better re the relationship. And, um, you know, they're in the, in the business of loaning money. So uh, it's, it's advantageous for them to loan our integration partners money. But uh, they don't like the surprises, so it's great to have that relationship and, and talk to them often. Thanks. That's great advice. On the last uh, topic for today, um, outside of, of employees and manufacturers, right, the two cost inputs, 
Are you seeing any uh, changes in business strategies that your integrators are deploying as a way of thinking forward as we continue to think about inflation and perhaps recession and all the macroeconomic uh, factors going on in the United States right now? Well, we certainly know from the pandemic that uh, companies that were selling more managed services tended to fare better uh, than com customers or integrators that were more project-based. So, um, you know, the projects can put, be put on hold or even canceled in extreme cases where people don't tend to cancel their recurring revenue uh, projects. So, you know, it's just money that's flowing into the integrators monthly and, um, and we've seen those numbers, you know, maintain uh, during the pandemic. And I certainly think that's important now. Uh, but, you know, having those relationships uh, with the with the customers is important. And, you know, you know re reprioritizing your customer loyalty, make sure you're having these conversations with your customers about, you know, where things go and what are their priorities and, and how can you help um, not just trying to sell them a product, but, you know, maybe they're looking for something something different and um, you know, having, again, those conversations I think are really important right now uh, as we get into some uncertainty in the future. Really appreciate your time today, Matt. This has been a great uh, instruction for me personally, and, and I think it'll help our listeners manage their businesses better. So thanks for joining me on this episode of Clear Talk. Thanks, Joel. Nice to see you. Take care.